Hello, my name's Rick McCutcheon, and I want to thank you for spending your valuable time today tuning into the Digital Adoption Talk Show. I'm an eight-time recipient of the Microsoft Dynamics MVP Award for the category of business applications, and one of my longtime business obsessions has been helping organizations to improve digital adoption for their CRM users. But now, there are over 300,000 business professionals with digital adoption in their job titles on LinkedIn. So we thought it would be a good time to expand the subject matter of this show to cover digital adoption across the Microsoft Cloud. To do this, I'll be working with another digital adoption expert, Joachim Schiermacher, the CEO of ClickLearn. Hey Rick, uh, really good to be here. Uh, super excited about our first episode. Uh, kicking off today. Um, as as you mentioned, I am the CEO of ClickLearn. We've been working with uh, digital adoption and user adoption uh, for the last 12 years. I'm an extremely happy person when you mentioned that we have now have 300,000 professionals. So it seems that at least some of the work that we've been doing is uh, bearing fruit. Okay, thank you. Well, I thought, you know, we've been planning this um, event for quite some time. So a few weeks ago, I put a poll up on LinkedIn, and we wanted to find out what other Microsoft business applications professionals thought about digital adoption. So we asked the question, what is the main cause of user adoption issues in Dynamics 365 projects? And we had somewhere over 12,000 uh, professionals view the poll and uh, over 300 actually participated in the poll. So we had a, a pretty good um, cross-section of consultants, developers, people that work for Microsoft. So it was really, really good feedback. And what came out number one is what we thought. What is the, what is the main cause of user adoption issues in D365 projects? Number one at 50% was lack of training. Number two, at 21% was poor design. Number three, uh, at 14% was lack of support. And the remainder, 15%, was of various other reasons. So um, I just wanted to get your feedback on that poll. Well, I don't think it's uh, surprising in any way. I mean, the, the, the lack of training should be at, at you know the very top. Uh, of things. I think what's more interesting is what, what's hiding inside the other category. I'm hoping that we'll get a chance to investigate that a little bit together. Um, I think that when you when we look at one of the things that I can see in, in terms of user adoption is that the two disciplines of support and training are, are getting merged together inside a digital adoption solution. Uh, so, so in a sense, uh, we're trying, we're, we're doing that in various ways. We're doing various communications around that. We're saying we're reducing the workload on the support team by having, you know, in-app guidance uh, inside the applications. But I think that if you take the two and, and merge them together and say that basically they are kind of a, you know, they might be the, the, the same spear that we're looking at and the same, the same problem area, then I think that, that the poll really shows that you know, that's a, that we still have a long way to go, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I've been teaching this subject through the user group community for 20 years, right? Um, user yeah. adoption and uh, productivity and, and different subjects around mostly CRM. And when I went into a project, usually as an MVP, I never got into a, a project that was easy. It seemed that I got into a project that was having problems. So I get into a project and we'd really look at how they put the whole thing together. 
And what I realized very quickly is, you know, you got to break it down into three areas. You got to break it down into your design, right? And getting, understanding what people do and how they work today. The build has to be a phase to, you know, develop the application. And then a phase has to be what I called user adoption, right? Which is, you know, user training, user support, coaching, all kinds of things to make sure that the, the technology was absorbed. And what I found really interesting, if the company had a project plan and we looked on that project plan, there may be one line of 200 lines of items for training. And a lot of times yeah. it would say train the trainer, right? Yeah. Uh, and it, those are the ones we always seem to have the problems with. Yeah. And I, I think there's something in the methodology that we've been using over uh, the um, uh, the last uh, couple of decades in terms of, of, of providing user training inside application spaces. So I think that that's something there that we, we also need to, to uh, look at. I think that the idea that we have a smiley test, which is basically what we're getting back from the training as a result, you know, is, are you happy with your training, right? Did you have a good stay at the hotel? Did you enjoy Vegas? Uh, that's probably not the way that we are driving productivity for an everyday employee uh, inside an application space. And I think that today we have the, the technologies. I represent one of those companies that have the technology to replace the smiley test with, with you know, direct measurement of employee effectiveness and making sure that, you know, at the moment of need, you have the right training collateral available for you inside the application when you need it, not running through uh, tons of videos, but but giving you direct access uh, to get your task done and learn as you go along. And, you know, when I was rolling out CRM systems, I would try to, you know, make the customer understand that training is not a one-time event. It's fantastic. We're going to, and it was usually at a sales meeting. I'd bring in the sales team and they would say, how long do you need to train them? And, you know, it was usually at one hour on their agenda. I said, no, at least give me a half a day to get started. And we'd actually do a half a day training where, you know, I'd be instructing at the front and I'd say, we want an instructor in the back. I want somebody behind making sure somebody's on our application, not doing emails, right? And right. that they're following along and they're doing it. And not only, you know, the sales team, I wanted the sales management in there too. They had to learn the system. So it was really, you know, we had to, to plan the training. But then I, I would say, this is now going to take three months. Over the next three months, we're going to plan out some more training. And this is before I, I ever saw a product like ClickLearn where, you know, where we could, you know, digitize the training, give it to them in, you know, in very small pieces, um, you know, through video, through, uh, you know, PowerPoints in, in different formats um, and really build a comprehensive training program. Right. I, I, I mean, uh, it's the, the transition from, you know, the event based training that we used to do in the good old days and into something that is uh, continuously running and, and not on an event basis, but uh, uh, driven by user needs and, and driven by the, the individual adoption of the users. That is basically where the entire industry is moving now, right, right now, right? And that is why we have 300,000 digital adoption specialists. And, um, and we're global, right? Even if we can pull people yeah. together for one day, two days or three days, they go back and they go back and work in their own language, which is, which is always one of the one of the things that was difficult to support. Right, and and I mean, uh, you know, at, at 
technology like ours is not about our technology today, but, but it's more about the space. But a technology like ours completely support that by making sure that we can you know, use the original recording and basically uh, iterate that across a number of different languages and provide it in the user's own language and across multiple regionalization of the user interface as well. So I think that, that you know, today the technology is there for us to take a step in a different direction when we're talking about the, the usual categories of this is training and afterward comes support. And, and, and this is what the, the uh, pyramid looks like. It should probably be turned around and say, look, it's, it's one big activity. It's no longer event driven, um, but it's a consistent uh, 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 trainer that is with you on a daily basis that can make sure that you get more productive inside the application, which seems to be the only measurement of success, right? It's not about the pool in Vegas. Uh, or, or how great the stay was. It's really about whether you're driving uh, uh, the user engagement and, and, and the user effectiveness. And, and don't get me wrong, I still want to go to Vegas and help train people by all means. We don't, we don't want to eliminate that piece. No, 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 go on your own dollar. Okay. Right. All right, so um, let's look at some of the comments that we actually got on the, yeah. on the poll. And I've got to say, we've had I, who I feel, some of the people I know, these were top consultants in Dynamics who actually came in right. and, and, and commented. Uh, first of all, I'll read off what Richard Hughes, and he's from Seer 365. Now, they're all about digital adoption as well. They've got a really interesting application for going in and gathering requirements. So he says, as training is typically one of the last phases of the project, I have seen this element being overlooked as customers um, are running out of money and energy, okay? It's a shame as it's the number one predictor of the customer adopting the solution and gaining the benefits they were looking for. So, you know, why do, why do people not budget for training? I think that they do. I think that in the beginning, I, th I think that most people are not training specialists, so they do not really understand the impact of training. And it's one of those, uh, it's, it's an item, right? Uh, you, you look at the entire uh, uh, quote that you're getting from, from uh, your vendor, you look at, it's, it's one item, it says, here's your training. Uh, traditionally, it's handled by, you know, you, we're going to train a couple of super users and then they're going to train you. And we know that there's dilution of, uh, of, of knowledge inside that uh, entire framework. So that's not exactly working uh, the way that we want it to. But I think that originally the budget is there. What happens is that now the features, right? When you're looking at this from an IT perspective, yeah, good it's point. more important that we can actually, you know, do the quote right. We didn't really plan for that, but you know, we need to do some amendments here. So I'm going to steal somewhere inside that project. And what's, I mean, it's always an activity in the future. And nothing is more in the future right now than the training, right? It's the very last one. So I'm just going to suck that up. And at the end, you'll be uh, you'll be down to nickel and diming, and and basically you're looking at something like we'll do the 10 cent training, or we're going to skip it altogether. I've seen projects, large projects, being where you're saying, no, look, we we don't need the training, right? We'll just do that somehow internally, and and then you know, two two months later, they're coming back to the vendor and said, take down the software, it doesn't work, right? yeah. but absolutely no fault of theirs, obviously. So there, there could be something to this that the person who owns the project at this point when they're building it may not own training. Right? Exactly. And right. if they don't own training, then I'm not really concerned about it. Exactly. And that, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's another department that's happening somewhere else uh, in, in the entire chain. And it has absolutely no impact. And I, as long as it's not my problem, then it's probably not a problem at all. 
Here's another good comment from Matthew Mead from Microsoft. I think the lack of change management strategy once uh, a deployment is live is a key adoption blocker. Having a steering committee set up of super users from across the business who are the voice of the end users and capture any new requirements is important. This helps the pain of change and ensures ideas get prioritized and implemented. I've seen this done well only a few times. So why yeah. only a few times do they actually get the user community involved with a project? Yeah, I mean, it, follow the money, uh, Rick. Uh, the money is there when we start out the project. There's a ton of money in there, right? That there's money to buy the servers. There's money to install the software. There's money to do the training. There's every, you know, we, we set out the budget. It's probably a large budget. When we get to change management, not so much because we still consider the idea around software to be a one-off, right? It's a one-off. Yeah. You, you, you buy it, you implement it, and then we've taken the entire uh, workload. Now we are only harvesting uh, the benefits. Yeah. We can actually see that not just in the change management of the application itself, which I, I agree with, with Matt and me, that's extremely important. The, the idea that there's a version two and, and that we, we control the releases and make sure that we also listen in on the user group to their needs and we allocate money to actually serve those needs because otherwise you're, you're stuck with the worst possible experience in version one, right? And now you're just living with it. But we actually see the same pattern going on when it comes to training, right? There's money in training, uh, you know, right after the installation. And then there's absolutely nothing when the changes come into the system, right? There's no money. There's no money to keep the, cha the, the training current and to, or to retrain the users. And that's a, that's a gigantic problem. So no one is serving that audience that that are now getting in the new features. And and that's important because back in the good old days of on-prem software, we had a rollout maybe once or twice a year, year of new applications. Now in the yeah. cloud world, it's continuous, right? right? And we're not working within one application, especially if we're following sort of the, the Microsoft uh, cloud strategy. We're working across dynamic CRM, uh, business central or, or, or finance. Then we're working across teams into SharePoint, into the, into Outlook. Like we're going exactly. across applications now. Yeah, I agree. The, 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 the mainframes are out, right? We're not in a single system anymore. It's a, it's a complex hybrid and, a, and a, it looks like a Chinese menu. It's a really, really large amount of, of, uh, of uh, products that we have and that we are we're using on a daily basis. And they're individual for each company as well. So that makes you know the standardized training really difficult. Um, I think that one of the things that people should look at when they're investing in something like a training solution saying, good, we know that we have like 12, 15 uh, uh, software projects coming along this year. Uh, and that's, that's the pace we're going at now, right? It's no longer the one, the one of every second year. Um, I think that they should be looking at something that's maintainable. So maintainability, how do, how do we keep that updated? Is it possible with that solution to keep it updated constantly? Mm -hmm. Because what's going to happen is that once you're inside an SaaS environment, you're going to see that, that your application is now being rolled on, right? It's just happening automatically. Mm -hmm. And you have no validity in terms of your own processes, whether they're actually still working on day, on day three. And you have no way of delivering those new features to, to uh, the end users, right? They're basically taking on a really large palette uh, of services and they're getting absolutely no training. So I think that that is something to look at when you're looking at, at, at this sort of option solution. Find something out there that actually uh, is capable of updating 
the collateral uh, very, very easily, right? Like automated. Um, and and then I think you know it's it's um, it's really interesting to see that uh, that what is happening on the vendor side as well, right? Because part of the responsibility for the training uh, was typically with the customers, but the customers are now facing these um, large amount of of digital uh, training projects, and they're saying, forget about it. I'm not doing 12, 15 trainings uh, for my staff annually. You should have a model for that. You're the vendor. You should know how to do this, right? I should be part of your proposition. So my expectations is now, is now that, look, uh, you're going to help me on the training part. You're going to you're going to make sure that our our customers are there, because your software is now running at a rate that's much lower than if it was a petrol license, right? So you're easy to get out. If I don't like your software, then I'll let you out. And I don't care whether it's about user adoption or functionality. I'm just going to throw it out. And, and that is something for the vendor to look into now that there's an, an increase in the demands that are coming from, from uh, the customer side that we are seeing that you know, the, the responsibility of the training and the training solution you're providing, that should also be up to par. So, you know, what's interesting too, I'm, I'm thinking about the ISV vendor, right? Because right. in a typical, let's say, uh, an FNO finance project, there may be 10, 15 uh, ISV vendors. In a CRM project, there may be three or four. Or five, yeah. Or someone yeah. building custom power apps applications, right? So all right. Of these little things that really need to be captured as part of digital adoption, because yeah. you know they're getting pushed in all the time. And those applications, even though people are going to try to make them look like the core dynamics, they're going to look and operate a little bit differently. Yeah. And that's a massive problem, especially if you are, you know, you're you're a smaller, medium-sized ISV. That's a massive problem. You probably need to have, you know, multiple regions, uh, multiple languages uh, uh, provided with with your uh, training solution. You need to have something that's running inside your application space, uh, so that it, you know, you don't need to perform uh, uh, sort of the manual training. Uh, for each user, and you are now really relying on that revenue stream coming in as well, right? And there's less money in that, so so your entire business is pushed as well to the limits in terms of, you know, are you going to hire the new developer or are you going to get someone in with a digital adoption uh, specialist that can help me do the training? Yeah. I think that that uh, I think that the ISVs, they absolutely will need uh, to to look at this podcast. Okay. And to uh, to get a, a, a sense of uh, how do we effectively run our business in terms of not just looking at, at the training perspective, but the support perspective as well, making sure that our end users are performing uh, to the absolute maximum of what they can do. Yeah, when I talk to ISVs about you know digital adoption, it's almost three areas. They've got training, they've got support, and they need custom documentation, right? all really part of digital adoption agreed and and uh, all of this uh, it's a single solution yeah. right it's a single solution to the problem you need to you need to reconsider go away from the event driven model that you've been running your training on and and go into another model that that is uh, customer self serviced at the moment of need inside the applications uh, that is where you should be looking to transform your business and it's not impossible and it's not, you know, it's not going to uh, be a, a, a key business cost for you. You you are able to do that. Today. So the last quote we're going to look at is from Richard Dennis, who's the CRM practice lead over at ThinkMax. Um, right. 
And he said, what a great question. Thank you, Richard. Uh, typically, <laughs> but not always, I see adoption challenges centered around the lack of training and organizational change management. Custom hmm. Customers try and reduce project costs by eliminating effective training. Unfortunately, this is where the rubber meets the road and the end users buy buy-in is critical. So I think it's the organizational change management piece that we sometimes leave out of these projects. Yeah, and I think uh, it's it's really interesting because uh, one of the things that we do when we, we are running the event-driven training is that we are catering for the audience of today. We're not at all looking at what, what does our organization look like in two years. So uh, the, the ones who are on board now, they get the Vegas trip. Uh, the ones that are coming a month later, they get absolutely nothing, right? They they don't even get the T-shirt. Uh, and <laughs> lucky if they get this, any training. Yeah, they they probably right. Yeah. Uh, and we we seem to be satisfied with that model, saying, look, as long as we have a a, a large population inside our entire business uh, being trained, then you know they they are just gonna the rest of them are just gonna self adopt. It's just not happening. It's not how it happens. Yeah. Um, I have to say. So, so keeping a proposition open uh, for everyone, including when the organization is changing, meaning that new employees are coming in, replacements. Uh, we bring a lot of technology into to uh, 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 blue-collar uh, worker areas as well, where the replacement cycle is somewhat uh, different than, than, than the normal office jobs. We, we need to take this into consideration. Okay, so, you know, Joachim, thanks for your time today because this was a great conversation on digital adoption. Um, first one. The first one, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, in the future, we're going to be talking more about this explosion of digital adoption and digital adoption applications, you know, such as your ClickLearn product. And we're also going to start talking to some of these 300,000 digital adoption professionals that are out there that work in our dynamic space. So I'm very excited about what's coming up. Do you have any sort of closing thoughts or remarks? I, I really look forward to uh, to doing uh, a complete series around this and, and continuing the, the efforts. I think that there's enormous traction right now and a movement going on. And, and I, I just really look forward to participating in that, Rick. Okay. I think it's going to be great. Great. So, you know, have a great day and uh, we'll see you on the next Digital Adoption Talks. All right. Thanks, Mike.